This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to theonesummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, my champion mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. LT, so good to be with you, and I have had enough. I'm done. Uh-oh. Here we I'm, go. I'm fed up. I was telling you briefly about this before we press record. but We're not, we're not quitting have, the show, are we? I'm not quitting the show. I've not had enough of Inside the Champion's Mind, but I have, in the last week, I am sick to death of mediocrity. It is giving me the absolute irrits, and I could brain vomit and spirit vomit all over this podcast, and I'm not <laughs> going to because I want to actually create a roadmap for our listeners, but I have dealt with too many average, uh, I don't want to say average human beings, I want to say <laughs> exceptional human beings who are fearful of being exceptional, and they're playing a small game, and it has done my head in because I love to see people have aha moments and create change and see and, and see their philosophies and their paradigms change. And the last week or two, I've seen too many people that have been resistant to it and it has done my head in. And so this is therapy, uh, LT, this podcast, because I want to chat to you and I want you to provide clarity to not only me but the listeners for the people that are listening who know that they are possibly in a place of mediocrity or averageness, but their dreams are big, their goals are big, they know that they have an exceptional life to live, but they really, really, truly need help and guidance in putting together the steps to actually get there. Because that for me is what is, that's why it's annoying me, because people aren't willing to put those steps in place and they just prefer to stay in the world of average and that's again what's frustrating me so i thought can we just cover this off please yeah, sounds good i think let's admit that i've actually been there okay so i was one of those and people. i've been there too <laughs> we've all been, this is what i mean like yeah we've all we, we've all been there and we all have parts of our lives that are still there but that's what i mean like the, the vision doesn't make doesn't mean our vision is small hmm. doesn't mean we're not working on it doesn't mean we're not thinking of ways to improve ourselves that's what's done my head in is the resistance of people to actually make a shift. Yeah, and, and, and I think one of the things that you you um, you mentioned is that there's the frustration, and I think the the way that I got out of my um, you know to to do the things that I do is because I was frustrated with myself. I looked in the mirror and didn't like what I saw, and so I think the key thing is that we all have well, not I couldn't say all, but most of us, right? Most of us have big dreams. Most of us have big goals, and most of us have big visions. I believe. Okay, I would say everyone at some point in their life, whether they were four years old and they wanted to be a fireman, mm-hmm. or whether they're forty-four and they want to change careers and become a fireman, like we've all had big dreams for ourselves. Yeah, and and it's relative to the person. Like, so it's not about you know, it's not about comparing your dreams bigger than mine. It doesn't really matter. It's just that you, everybody has a dream. I think it's human nature to have a dream bigger than yourself. Um, because I think we're designed to have growth. Now, I think, and unfortunately, the, the, the part is that you need to have 
you know, Tony, you know, we talk about Tony Robbins a lot, um, but he talks about, you know, the, the basic human needs and, yeah. um, you know, the four basic human needs. But then the other two needs, the six, the five and six is one of them is being growth, right? And contribution. And co- growth and contribution is that is, I think, unless you had those four needs fulfilled first, it's very hard to kind of look for your, for the growth and contribution, even though that's what we strive for. But for most people, I believe is that the growth and contribution, like, so let's take just growth, for example, to eat, to have that big dream or that big vision, it just kind of stops there for most people, period. Like, that's it. Like, that's, I have this big vision, so that's good enough for me to think about it. It's like, it's good enough for me to write this goal down and announce it to the world. And there's a great theory. I was spending some time um, in the US and, uh, you know, with a guy named James Franco. Um, James Franco is a, it's a very successful entrepreneur. Um, and, uh, and in the, in this, uh, meeting or this mastermind, and he, he just kind of mentioned about this theory about writing your goals down. And I thought it was fascinating because I've never heard this side before. He says for most people by, you know how people say like, if you have your, write your goals and you shouldn't just write your goals, you should tell someone about it. Yeah. And then if you just tell the world, like, or so that people can hold you accountable, yeah. So I thought like that's always yeah, that's like that makes sense. You know, people hold you accountable. But public declaration. Yeah, public declaration, right? But do you should you know this? Like this is the flip side of that and which I never thought about. Yeah. The public declaration of your goals is actually detrimental for you to go for achieving those goals. And here's his reasoning. His reasoning I came from this book, I can't remember what the book was called. He said if you publicly for most people, what they do is they, as they publicly declare their goals to the world to say, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z the feeling of accomplishing that goal is already felt by that yes. person emotionally and, you know, chemically. And so therefore just writing it and go, yeah, I'm going to go run this marathon. Say I'm, I decided I'm going to go train for a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon <laughs> next, next, next year. And just because you publicly declared it. And then that, people go, good on you, man. Well, yeah, good, yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah. The euphoria, the chemical changes that go through your body just goes, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like you don't actually have to go through it. And it's a weird thing. And this is where most people stop. And that's because they's like, they already felt the euphoria. They don't need to work hard for it. I declared it, even though they didn't do it, but they felt the, the juice from, you know, accomplishing something. And it's almost as close to, as if you accomplished it, accomplished that marathon. Isn't that weird? That is fascinating. Yeah. Love it. So Love I don't know how to bring this back to this conversation, but I think bringing that back to this conversation is that I think that a lot of people have these massive goals and these dreams, and then they somehow say, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But that's all they, they just live off of that immediate juice. Yeah. Right. That it, it's so because you can feel like good about just thinking, yeah, I'm going to write a hundred goals. Yeah. I'm going to write all those hundred goals. And go, yeah. This is great. <laughs> But that's about it. That's where it like leaves writing, them. Yeah, like writing the bucket list is enough. That's right. That's right. Because it's fulfilling enough for them. Because why? Well, our society is trained for immediate gratification. It's trained for like, I want to feel good now. I don't want to wait 20 years to be successful. I want to feel like to be successful this second. Right. And so yeah. therefore, by writing these goals and these ambition, you talk to these people and you and I both done this, right? We talk to these people and go, yeah, what are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your vision? Blah, blah, blah. Because yeah, yeah, that and they feel good. Right. Yeah. And it's, then a, you well, get, it's a great feeling putting all of that together. Yeah. And they get clarity. Yeah. Right. What, what happens, though, when you hang up the phone? <laughs> well, then uh, they're 
the kid comes up crying and screaming and they've got uh, stuff going on and all of a sudden their uh, goal sheet and their vision for their life is swept under the carpet. It might get scrunched up and put in the bin. Someone gets texture and scribbles all over it. Next thing you know, they've forgotten what they did. Yeah, and you call them up next week and you go, so how, how's, how, like, how's the, this week's steps? Like, what's like, la- oh, what you've been in the last seven days? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that oh, thing. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because they felt good in the moment and then they got distracted by what felt good in the moment at that time okay lt you're like starting i can feel it within me you're starting to push my button so the people that i am consulting with who are just doing that all right what's happening i mean do you have this can i can i ask you a very honest question do you have this with your chiropractic clients and my clients there with your people that with your with people that that pay you a lot of money which for accountability and guidance and clarity what I'm asking here, is this a part of the human condition, okay? It is It is part of the human condition, but I'll tell you this, is that in my group, it's very small percentage that feel this way, and here's why. I carefully selected my group. I'm not, you know, this is not me boasting or having ego here, okay? So just remember that. I've actually carefully chosen the people that are in my group. I only accept people who are, are A players. I only accept people who are willing to take responsibility. I only accept people into my group because they make decisions and implement fast. So that's actually, I have only three rules of entering. And rule number one is that whatever I tell you to do, you need to do within 48 hours, period. Yep. That's like, this is the rules before you even enter. And so I don't accept everybody. I've turned people away. And because I just don't feel like they're going to be suitable for the group because I don't just- need someone. So I've actually created that group. So this is going back to that friend. And the only reason I'm telling you this is because about friendship, right? Having friendships and masterminds and hanging out with the people. You need to choose. If you want to be successful, you need to start choosing better friends. And you got to choose people who are going to hold you accountable, but who's not just going to just be your friend by just saying, oh, it's okay. Like they're going to be your friend. They're going to call you on it when you don't do something that's yeah. in your integrity. Have you been for a run training for that marathon that you said you were going to do? Have you been for a run? Let's go for a run together. Yeah, like, you know, we all had friends that just, you know, they're just friends because they're, you know, great friends, they're great people. But there's also like there's in terms of business and entrepreneurship and, and also in terms of, um, you know, getting things done, that's a might be a different group of friend, right? They're yes. not necessarily groups yes. of friends that I will like honestly hang out with all the time, like go out for dinners and stuff because they have other things to do. Like it's not about hanging out. I'm not suggesting yeah. you don't have to do that. Like, I mean, there's socialization friends and there's also people who are there for one purpose only, which is to get things done. Yeah, wow, wow. Okay. So then when someone's feeling in the space of mediocrity, is it is is for you is for you peer group like there's there's one of course there's the action plan, but how big a factor then is peer group when you're working with people? Like do you do you view that um, drive your practice is the peer group that you're helping expand for your client or do you want to know what peer group they have beyond drive your practice so that you can get an idea of their level of you know possible success going forward so in my in my group itself like in terms of my clients I've one of the advantage of you know becoming part of my client or my group is that I've created an environment for that allow them to be okay with success yeah. And allow an, uh, an environment to be okay with saying, hey, I did this. This is my wins this week. And there's no judgment. If, yeah. In fact, there's actually encouragement. Yeah. Right? Well, that is a massive call because if people are listening and going, well, my peer group 
is not really – and my peer group in the area of life that I want to expand is not a peer group that's going to celebrate my successes. They're going to be a shoulder to cry on in sympathy. Yeah. The sympathy loves company. But when I'm kicking butt, it's almost going to feel like you're removing, you're, you're moving further away from that group rather than further yeah. towards it. And and that's why, you know, I'll share it with you. I can't believe I'm telling you the the rules, and we're not even on a podcast for my, you know, for for for, for chiropractic here. But it's it's I think it's applicable. This the second rule of of becoming part of uh, Nitro or my group is basically it's um you have to share your wins and your lessons. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not about. You know, we don't call them losses. We call them lessons because you learn something from your losses. And so, therefore, there's a lesson. What did you learn from it? And you share your wins because if you don't share your wins, when you share your wins, it does two things. One, it kind of gets, says everybody has to kind of give you a pat on the back. Yeah. Good work. Congratulations. Right? And it feels good because no other place in the world will you ever be able to feel that you can share it with someone else other than you know your significant other without feeling like there's a bit of ego to it. Right, there is no ego. It's not about that. It's about hey, I want to be congratulated, or I want to share, share my wins because you you don't want to just celebrate by yourself. You want to share with someone. Go, I did something awesome yeah. without any the, judgment. If you're in the right group, people are going to love hearing of your wins anyway. Yeah, and second, what that does is also encourages all the other people to kind of go, oh man, if Marcus did that, yeah. man, yeah. I could yeah. do that. I should be doing that. Or what am I doing? I'm not doing enough. And guess what? Everybody steps up. So it's like one-upping each other or stepping up and forcing a, a togetherness to form a movement um, and creating a better, you know, in this particular case, a better profession. Um, but, um, um, you know, but it's a move um, of just coming together to step up to the next level. I mean, Marcus, you had the opportunity to meet some of them. We went out for dinner uh, when we were in Sydney. Yeah, uh, a couple awesome. Weeks ago. Um, you know, I think it was only about eight of us there or, or so um, in, that, in that group that came out for dinner. You know, what did you notice about them? That was well, similar. Like, okay, so this is what I've noticed. And this is what I'm, this is what, like, you hear this all the time. And I'm not sure if, if you're listening to this, like, it sounds so obvious, but peer group is everything. Like, peer group is absolutely everything. When I caught up with your clients, LT, for dinner, what I noticed is that, one, they actually, there's no, there's no resentment about their work. They love what they're doing. They absolutely love what they're doing. And the other thing is that they actually communicated so, um, it wasn't, no one was putting on a face. Everyone was working together, discussing together. Um, the first thing I spoke about with uh, one of your clients was just, uh, we were just focused on improvement and growth. Like it was pretty much like, g'day, how are you? And we just got talking into um, into practice growth, like how to expand influence in the community, um, uh, operate better on a day-to-day level. And they're just so eager to learn and actually be the best version of themselves that's mm. what and this is again just why I've, I've been frustrated at times this week because i've just dealt with people that haven't wanted that and there's a part of me that says well look and, and again everyone listening would know that not everyone in the world is going to shift their lives from mediocrity to an exceptional world-class level over the course of a lifetime so you know and i'm okay with that i'm okay it's more that because i'm in the moment of it that it's just it's frustrating me but i think i'll tell you when i was at dinner with your group i was like this is what this is what chiropractic's all about like this is where with peak performance you know if i was with the same type of people as accountants or pts or lawyers i would have been saying this is what this profession is all about because they weren't settling for mediocrity they were settling for they weren't settling for anything. They were settling for really being the best 
that they could be. And so there was that, that continual growth. But this is, you know, the older I get, I don't mean to sound like that, that you know, the older I get kind of person, but the older I get, LT, the more you realize that, that mediocrity is so well accepted and being exceptional and world class is, it's so, it's just the, the minority is staggering. See, there's a key thing there um, that you've, you've kind of hit on that you might not even know, notice that you've done it. It's because you are the way you are because of that stance you've taken on mediocrity. So what I mean by that is that you have a disdain. I don't know if that's the right word yeah, yeah, for yeah, well, mediocrity. Yeah. Um, and you have this, like, this desire to going, like, I can't stand for that and I need, there's need to be more. Right. Yep. And so because you have that, that's what you that's what has driven you to not be like that. Mm. See, for most people, and this is just my this is just my opinion here, right? This is a podcast, I can share my opinion. <laughs> my opinion <laughs> my opinion on this is that people who don't like you know, you were talking about those people that don't strive for growth or they they want growth but they don't actually do any work for it. Yeah. It's because they don't have enough disdain or they don't have enough like pain yes. to move them to do it then that's with anything there's not enough pain there's see we move in two things right we either move away from pain and we move towards pleasure right i think we need to have both but some yeah. people are going to be more susceptible to move away from pain well yeah 90 percent of us would move away from pain it's a good old saber-toothed tiger scenario isn't it like yeah. and some people just want to move towards pleasure like but if you have yeah. a bit of both why not have both like i you know i mean for my goals are obviously pleasurable for me if i actually achieve it there's but i also have to put in but I know that just having pleasure on its own never really works for me. Like yeah. I literally have to kind of go, if I don't put enough pain, if I don't do this, then I'm going to look like I, it's going to feel really bad. So here's, here's a key thing. One of the things I, I get my clients to do is, for example, I'll just give you as a, as a general topic and then we can kind of work from there. Yep. For example, one of the things that um, uh, I might get them to do is do a talk. Okay. And, and just say these, these are, are people who my clients who, who don't even really talk to and like do, they're not good public speakers yet. Okay. Yeah, it scares the living daylights yeah, out scares of them. Yeah, scares them. Okay. All right. That's fine. Don't worry about it. So, what if we had like five people there? Are you okay with that? It goes, okay, I can, you know, five people. Yeah, that should be fine. I'm like, dude, you, you speak to people every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you don't have a fear of public speaking. Otherwise, you wouldn't speak to me here. Right. Yeah. It's, you, you have the fear of looking bad. Yeah. You have a fear that you 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 know that you're gonna look like an idiot. Yeah, that's what you're afraid of. of. It's, yeah, that's yeah it. it's not the fear of public speaking. Let's let's face that. I'm digressing here. That's probably what Karen Smith would say. But for me, it's like okay, well, let's all right. That's fine. Let's get five people in there or ten people, whatever the number we decide upon, and go. All right. The first thing I get them to do, right, is first, yeah, come up with the type of topic of the talk, right? Yeah. Just the topic. Yep. And come up with three bullet points of what the topic is going to be, what the talk is going to be about. That's all I care about. Okay. Don't even have to do the talk. What most people do here is they go, okay, I need to kind of perfect my talk t- title. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> like three weeks go by. I'm like, I'm not sure about this title. Okay. Fine. And then most people go, okay, what, what is it about? I'm like, okay, you're going to do this. And then you're going to do the whole 60 minute talk. Like you're going to design the whole bloody talk. Right. <laughs> and six months later, you're still designing because it's not perfect yet. Right. Yeah. So here's what I get my people to do. Well, what I say is, say, okay, fine. Design, design, decide on the talk title. Come up with three bullet points because that's going to have to go in the advertising, right? And Or at least what you're going to tell people. And the third thing is to pick a date. Yep. And I, I literally get them to pick the date right in front of me. Like look at the calendar and I usually don't let them pick a date more than four weeks. No, mm-hmm. it's, more than, it's more than two weeks. Obviously, it gives yourself two weeks to promote it. 
yeah. but no more than four weeks. So it was anywhere between two to four weeks. So that's where I'm going to suggest. I usually will just say, um, I would actually just give them a week. I said, okay, so you're going to pick a date. So let's make it somewhere on the week of this. And then they'll pick a date. Yep. And what, what happens when you pick a date? Well, the urgency's there. The, exactly. The urgency's there and you have to do it. And now, like, now you worry about how to get that talk done. Yeah. Right? Don't worry about building the talk before. Just, you already have the title. You already know what you're going to talk about. Then, then you have this urgency of going, holy crap. First, you advertise for it and then worry about doing the talk later. Because that the urgency, you know you're going to do it. You know as of 7 o'clock of that day, of that night when you present, you know you're going to have your presentation done no matter what just because it's going to be done. Like I'm doing a two-day seminar this weekend, right? Two full days and I know like it's not done completely, right? <laughs> I, it's going to be done probably, you know, at 6.59, you know, sorry, 8.59, right? Uh, on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning. Yeah. But it's going to be done Um by the time I finished, right? That's the thing. This is it's about Parkinson's law. It's the best law going around. We'll, well, whatever time frame we have, we'll get it done. Exactly. And so I don't necessarily know exactly what I have to get done, like in terms of what I'm going to say yet. But guess what? I had to get the workbooks printed, yeah. right? So guess what? If for me to wear my workbooks printed, I had to get all the slides done. Yeah. So in order for me, to get, so that's the first thing I had to do. I had to do my slides. So before I get my slides, I had to know what five key things I'm going to talk about in each module. And then I do that first. I still don't know what I'm going to talk about. I get a general framework. But I get the yeah. slides done, then get the workbook printed because I had to get the workbook printed at a certain time because otherwise it won't be ready and then yeah. I'm screwed. So I put time pressures on myself. The pain of not showing up, the pain of not showing up to the, uh, showing up to this workshop and not having workbooks, oh man, that's a pain. For yeah, you don't want to look at it. It's a fear of embarrassment, LT. Exactly. So we all <laughs> have that fear. So I use pain to drive me to do things that I want. I need to get done. I hope that makes sense. And I think most people here would would use pain as a driver. Whether you whether you go, no, 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 but I'm all pleasure, I'm all pleasure, you would buy the paper if it said your town is about to flood tomorrow and you would not buy the paper if it said it's going to be sunny and picnic weather in your town tomorrow. That's when you know you're pain-driven, Simple, just a simple example. But LT, I just want to – I've got three points here that – I am uh, kind of summarizing everything that you've been discussing because this has been awesome. Um, people have to – well, first of all, got to know what you want. So whatever you, wherever you are now on the mediocrity to world-class scale, knowing what it is that you're improving and then choosing a peer group that's going to build you up but also put some pressure on you as well. They're not all, g'day, mate, well done. You're going to do the marathon and you feel awesome. They're actually going to say, okay, so how's that exercise going? Setting a deadline and not actually, it doesn't have to be the deadline of the marathon. It can be a deadline on the first month of training. So it's just bring, like making mini deadlines and then it's chunking that down into action steps. So for you, LT, it was the slides and then printing the notebooks and then delivering the program. Mm-hmm. But having those three components is a must on changing the scale from mediocre to world-class. Definitely. It's all about accountability. Like the part of that is accountability, having the right accountability. And, um, you know, without accountability, see, we can be, some of us are driven self, like I have self accountability, but there's, it's pretty rare. Mm. Like there's certain self driven people. I admire them. I'm not one of them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like I need, like I'm driven, but I need almost external. I'm, listen, I'm not perfect. Right. And I need sort of, you aren't know, you Mr. Perfect? Yeah. That's, that's a persona I play. <laughs> right when I'm on, <laughs> but uh, the the thing is, is that I'm you know a lot not a lot of people in the world are self driven people like they they're just 
do whatever it takes and they can just get it done and they're self-accountable. There's, you know, there's people like that for sure. Um, but there's, it's not a lot of us. And so most of us are like ADD. We get distracted. Uh, we get distracted by other things. And, um, and so having that accountability, the pure accountability to make sure you get things done is very key. And your accountability though, in this instance would come from your people that are attending. Yeah. Because even though they wouldn't know it, you feel accountable to them. Yes, it's self. It's it's other people hold. It, I've imposed them to hold me accountable, even though they yeah. don't even know that, right? Yeah, that's right. So it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a conscious thing with someone else. It can no. Yeah, it can be people that you don't even know, but you know that at some point there's going to be um, a level of accountability, like that's urgent. Yeah. So sometimes what I'm saying by self accountability is usually like self accountability, like okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go work out. Well, exercise is a good example. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go work out. I'm gonna go work out three days a week. Yeah. All right. And then I might say, yeah, I'm going to work out. And then if I miss a workout, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's all right. I was just a bit <laughs> tired today. Right? And then that's self-accountable because you know you're going to let yourself off. Yeah. Like, of course. what you're not gonna, you're, Your human yeah. nature is not to go beat yourself up and go, you're an idiot. Yeah. Right? That's that's just bad on its own, right? So that's, yeah. that could be a totally different podcast but episode. <laughs> but it's, it's just that your human nature is not to kind of beat yourself. You will self-justify. Yeah. You will self-justify what you buy. You self-justify what you what you did do or didn't do. That's yeah. that's human nature. So what I'm suggesting is finding ways to have some sort of accountability. And yes, it is self-imposed. Like the that you know you know doing this workshop on time. That's self-imposed, but is relying on the embarrassment of someone of you know not showing up with this thing or uh, someone else that that's uh, that's going to make me look really bad. Um, that's going to create some problems. So there's some external um, accountability there. If, if uh, LT, I mean, first of all, thanks for giving us some of your insights into uh, Nitro and Drive Your Practice because some of the fundamentals that you spoke about there in terms of A players, so your peer group has to have A players. And I would just say if you're listening right now and you write down, you know, the five people you spend the most time with, if you know within your heart of hearts that they're not A players, then the key is to actually go out and recruit more A players, yeah, LT? Yeah, you got to go find them. I always said this, if you're the smartest person in the group, you're in the wrong group. Yeah. And in the 48-hour action plan, I mean, that's sensational. Particularly, I mean, I would hope everyone listening to this podcast runs a diary. I don't care whether it's on your smartphone or if you're good like me, good old pen and paper. But um, 48-hour action plan, anything that you commit to do must be done in the next 48 hours so that you've got some accountability to progress and not some accountability to to mediocrity. You want to have that accountability to progress. And then... Sharing your wins and, and your losses with people um, or your lessons, whatever you'd like to call it. But I think that's so important and that's generally with your peer group uh, because you know that you're safe to actually share not only your your progress but also your learning lessons because that's – I mean that's really LT. That's the formula for success. It's just building on one thing and another and once you start recognizing it, like I'll give you another clear example of what happened and how I actually even started this business, period. Um you know, it was actually from a group that I'm joined, a coaching group that I was part of, um, that a friend of mine invited me to come. And so uh, I went there. I learned some stuff for two days. It was awesome. Great information. And his design is that they meet sort of like every three to four months, right? So let's just say it was uh, three months later, right? And here I was about two months into it. I didn't, like any, any other seminar that I've ever attended, it's basically I just learned the stuff, but I never did anything with it. Yeah. You've been to one of those seminars before? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So basically didn't do anything with it. So then um, then I felt, oh, my God, I have like 30 days before 
I show up for this next two day event and I haven't even accomplished what I, what I learned last, like two months ago. Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm like, Oh, I don't want to show up and not do anything. They'll kick me out. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, um, I better go and do it. So I took whatever I learned and wasn't perfect. And I did it. I should have, you know, took the content, turned it around and created my first webinar. And uh, yeah. the, I think it was the week before I had to show up for this event. <laughs> and um, like I really implemented fast and boom, there it was. And this is how, you know, my drive your practice got started because I was pushed in my own head, um, the accountability and forcing myself to get it done um, before I showed up. And uh, that's, that's what's, and then I built from there. And then all of a sudden it became a massive success and I go, Oh crap, people do actually want to listen to me. And yeah. then that's, uh, that's how, that's how, that's where I've been in the last 18 months. That's the best. Mm. It's so, such a good story. And you know what, LT, I know you're very modest, but people listening, if you are not coming to the wellness summit, please don't, please don't risk uh, disappointment and not being able to be there because this event's going to sell out. And LT, I'll tell you right now, because I get to do the rundowns, LT is always the opening speaker at the Wellness Summit because he inspires like nothing else. And LT is very modest, but if you just think you got a morsel of wisdom from this episode, you're going to get an absolute shed full of more of wisdom from LT at the Wellness Summit coming up very shortly in August, August 16 and 17. So, LT, I can't wait to see you there. Well, and, guys, I'm 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 really excited. Um, I think there's probably by the time this episode airs, uh, you probably only got a couple of weeks, and if it's not uh, totally sold out, then um, you you still got a chance. And I wouldn't honestly, you know, I talked about this about peer groups. We've been talking about peer groups a lot uh, in this particular episode, and you got to think there's nothing better or no place like like any other place other than something like the Wellness Summit to be with people that are like minded like you. Yeah. who are well, driven by the same same desire and also that want to learn about health and wellness or just this is where you form new peer groups because you are hanging around with people who are just like you. I reckon we need to do a um a whole new I think we've done it I think we've done a podcast on peer group before but I was just going to say you know the event we were at it in Sydney a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. I met 10 amazing people I met heaps but 10 that we formed a mastermind with that would never have occurred without that event. Yep. And that's like top-notch human beings that would have the same disdain for mediocrity that I do and that absolutely want to create massive um, influence in the world and they're just absolute legends and I'm so grateful to that event for being on where I got the opportunity to meet them. And that's exactly – I just I remember that feeling last year, LT, at the summit. People just felt so inspired by not just the content but the people that they were around on the day. And this year it goes for two days, so it's double the fun. Yeah, no, it's exactly. So I might be the open speaker, but at the end of the day, I'm there um, for the rest of the two-day event. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm there to ask questions. You know, if you want to ask questions, you want to come say hello – you know, please feel free to come up and say say hello and uh, good day, and uh, we'll have a chat. We we'll definitely want to connect with you um, while throughout the summit as well. And uh, you're right; I mean, we meet great people, just like Mario, who was on our last podcast, um, and who uh, who we interviewed. And it's just amazing people that you know the summit allowed brings. You bring out 600 people in one area and one group 
um, you can imagine that the energy and also the people that you can get connected with, um, it's going to be amazing. And you can get to leave home um, with new friends, um, friends that actually will support you, friends who actually understand you and will hold you accountable to the same desire that they have, which is basically improving their life. Yeah, well done. Good Guys, I really hope you come to the Wellness Summit. Please do. Um, there's not many tickets left, and so you definitely want to uh, purchase them before they sell out again. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Inside Champions Mind. Like us there while you're there. Uh, thank you for all the comments and emails and messages that people have been sending uh, about their impact. Oh, there's on, people on, listening on, over uh, again. Like they listen to all of them and they listen to them all again. Yeah, no, I, I'm just blown away. And uh, thank you so much because it's uh, it's just really it's really nice to get some feedback and also really nice to um, hear people's uh, wins and uh, their journey too as well. And uh, no, I'm really excited for, for, for uh, hearing about all the, the different types of uh, people that are just doing amazing things. So thank you so much for those messages. We do get them. And uh, if we haven't responded right away, uh, and I'm just looking here, I'm delaying this a little bit just because I'm trying to find this person, uh, Anna, especially she just wrote a, uh, a text yesterday um, just saying that how she wanted to drop a line and uh you know, she met us at the the Wellness Summit last year, and um, and she just wanted to thank us for for this amazing podcast. So, thank you so much, Anna, for listening and to, for all those people who sent those messages before. Guys, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Go check us out on thewellnesscouch.com. While you're on iTunes, make sure you subscribe to us and uh, tell your friends and family about this particular podcast. And if this has been helpful, uh, don't let it be a secret and just a secret uh, podcast. Let it you know, be shared with around the world. So this is Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here from The Wellness Guys and 100 Not Out. Time is running out to secure your seat at this year's Wellness Summit. Make no mistake, this year's event will indeed sell out. So hurry up and avoid disappointment. Join myself and my Wellness Guys co-hosts, the Up For A Chat Girls, Careers Unplugged Boys and Thermomix Queen Joe Whitten and more as we share with you and 600 others at Crown Melbourne all of our latest insights and inspirations from the nutrition, movement and mindset worlds. Tickets are just 297 but this two-day, 15-hour powerhouse event. To register for the event, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com and we'll see you there. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.